uh, I feel good, not about life, but I feel good about the energy of this podcast. tuning into our podcast this week expecting us not to talk about texas we've got bad news for you and welcome back to zero credits the show where we talk about things my name is howdy henry and my name is Ooh, look at look look at him he look at his spurs cowboy john and together we're howdy henry and ooh, look at look 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 at look look at his spurs john Coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist as they pertain to Texas, apparently. Apparently, that's our thing now. Yeah, you know, they say Texas is like a whole other planet, and we're living on it. Happy Texas Independence Day, everybody. Oh, is today actually Texas Independence Day? Today is absolutely Texas Independence Day on this day so many years ago, I'm not going to bother to fucking Google it. The great state of Texas won its independence from Mexico? Yes, the, the great state of Texas won its independence to do a lot of interesting things. And then I guess today, uh, a series of very stupid things. And also for kind of the entire time I've lived here. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, to talk so, about Texas independence. Oh, man, Texas Independent is very great. And as you guys who listen week to week know, last week we discussed the uh, just the absolute failure of the Texas electrical grid during the winter ice event that happened about, oh, it can't have been two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Time is an illusion. I feel like it was only like two weeks ago. Yeah, last week we recorded. Oh, the week before God. that, we were in the midst of the storm. Two weeks ago, somehow. It's been in the 70s pretty much every day since. Uh, yesterday, it was in the 50s, and I got weird PTSD. Yeah, I was actually driving on a similar route today to uh, to go someplace. You don't, need to know, you don't need to be all up in my fucking business. Back off, listeners. Back off, fams. Stop asking John where he's going. Just because you've listened to hundreds of hours of us talking doesn't mean you're entitled whatsoever to know anything about my life. Just kidding, I'll tell you everything. Um, <laughs> but I was driving a place, and it was on a similar route that I had driven to get to your house when we were evacuating the city. And I legitimately had like a weird visual hallucination to when that road was covered in snow, and now it being nice and like brown, I guess. <laughs> Because uh, everything's dead, because the ice exploded all the cell walls and the plants. But 
uh, I have been getting ice flashes. Well, that, yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that uh, all of the plant life in our area has decided that March and February, the end of February and the beginning of March, is the perfect time to recreate autumn. All of the plants are dead. All of the trees are losing their leaves. My backyard is covered in dead leaves. And it's March 2nd. And there's also reports saying that the freeze might have killed like a third of the Texas bird population. Also, no one's really talking about, but it might have actually killed all of the uncovered citrus in Texas. Um, Great. So the ice storm might have actually done like a Texas-wide extinction event on certain things. I'm sure there's going to be a geological record of the Texas extinction event in 2021. Yeah, they're going to do a a core sample and then just find a lot of, I don't know, bumpers that got ripped off in the the little piles of snow. Yeah, there's going to be a layer of bumpers, a layer of cedar trees that just snapped under the weight of the ice. Uh, Unfortunately, a third of the bird population is in there and all of that is covered on, uh, you know, about like, I don't know, an eighth of an inch of dead leaves that fell in March instead of like autumn. Yeah, it's going to be a, a grisly sight for these Texas scientists. Oh, no, no, no. This is going to be way after Texas is, uh, is, has ceased to be. This is scientists from the neighboring communities of, of the United States coming to see who lived here. Because whoever lived here decided that living wasn't a priority. Oh, you mean when, when, Texas, when Texas no longer exists in like three to four months? Yeah, it, yeah. This will be this will be the CDC coming in to to blow the dust off because you know whatever uh, to uncover the mysteries of why Texas disappeared. It's it's just ridiculous. I, I think that we're gonna get into this sooner rather than later. But I am going to open my beer first. Well, absolutely. In the spirit of Texas independence. I am drinking a screwdriver comprised of Tito's Handmade Vodka, award-winning American vodka crafted in an old-fashioned pot still from Austin, Texas. Yes, pride of Austin, Texas, Tito's Vodka. I actually went to go buy beer today and uh, for some reason couldn't really bring myself to... uh to buy a Texas beer this time. So I actually ventured out of the state. I typically like to buy local where I can. Uh, but this is a Dogfish Head Hazy O IPA. Dogfish Head. Now I know of, I know of like sweet salt water. What, what is Dogfish Head? Uh, Dogfish Head. It's a brewery out of Delaware. What city in Delaware? Uh, Milton, Delaware. They are... Like one of the best breweries. They're famous for a two-hearted ale, which is one of my favorite beers. But Dogfish Head is, they make very, very, like, world-class, exceptionally good beer, in my opinion. Well, this is going to ruin a joke I was going to make, because I was going to say, the only good thing about Drexus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the only good thing about Texas are the drinks. But since you're going to Delaware for your drinks this time, uh, I'll just say there's nothing good about Texas. <laughs> uh, there's nothing good about Texas. Now, uh, not to belabor the beer point too much, uh, but this beer is somewhat special in the way that it is constructed. Uh, it is 
I'll just read from the can. I don't know why they set it up this way, but it says, Our oh-so-juicy hazy IPA brewed with one malted, two rolled, three naked oats. And oat milk. Oh, oat milk. Just like that Oatly Super Bowl commercial that we all enjoyed in the before time. Yes, dogfish head hazy O. It's like beer, but for milk. Oh, hazy O as in hazy oat. I get it. You know, I actually did not make that connection until about two seconds ago. So you're right on the same page with me. Well, I have had this information for hours. Well, uh, I'm, I'm glad Delaware is being supported by our podcast tonight since... You know, there's got to be one in these 50 states that can do something right occasionally. Yeah, I I did spend a small amount of time today fantasizing about moving to different states. But why was I fantasizing about moving to different states, Henry? Well, you see, uh, so I'll give you a little history lesson, John. You see, on March 2nd, 1836, uh, that is when the Texas Declaration of Independence was adopted by the state. Mexican Texas officially declared independence from Mexico and created the Republic of Texas. Now, I actually have the the, uh, the text of the, the um, Texas Declaration of Independence right here. It says, uh, We hereby, the citizens of Texas, do declare that in 200-odd years, give or take, plus or minus 30 years, we will make a complete fucking mess of this state and endanger the lives of the citizens of this state, no matter what what is going on. Yeah, I believe the the uh, Texas Declaration of Independence. There was actually a, an amendment that said, uh, whenever possible, uh, we are going to try to be as hateful and backwards as possible when it comes to policy decisions. Yes, yes. And uh, of course, we've seen this time and time again uh, in the Texas state legislator passing decrees like anything good that the city of Austin doing has to be reverted for just the sole reason that the city of Austin wants to do it. I mean, it feels nice somewhat to live in a city that lives so rent free in the heads of every other policymaker in Texas, but it is somewhat irksome when you do try your level best to do something like I, I don't know when you do something like you redirect APD's budget into things like public housing and crime doesn't go up obviously no one is fired from APD and you start creating plans to like seriously house some people who are experiencing homelessness which studies show is one of the few things that actually stops the cycle of homelessness and then the state says, well, we're going to, they threaten to, like, send in the National Guard because since you took away some of the police's bearcat money that you're going to turn into Somalia or something. Right. Yeah, I mean, especially on the, uh, we, we were one of the few cities to actually reallocate some funds away from the police department. And the response was for people to put up billboards at the 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 boundary the city boundary of austin saying good luck this the police will not save you here it's so ludicrous and I, I don't even it, i i don't think it's within the space of this conversation to me to talk about the treatment of 
people experiencing homeless within Austin by the city of Texas itself and also now certain malicious actors within the city. Uh, right. It's it, it's a real shame. But we uh, decided it would be a real fun idea. I don't know if this sounds familiar to you. Um, so cases go down. <laughs> and- <laughs> well, let's set the scene just a little bit more. Um, yes. So I, I don't know if you, listener, you dear fam, will remember, uh, but last week we discussed how Texas failed the state, how Texas failed the state. It doesn't make any sense. How the leadership of Texas failed the state in responding to a natural disaster. Uh, now, a week later, new things are happening. And those new things are coronavirus-related Um so just want to say, last week did not respond correctly to a natural disaster. This week, not responding correctly to a natural disaster. That's going to set the stage for what John's about to talk about. So th- it might sound familiar to you that at some point in the past, uh, Texas started to... Uh, initiate some protocols that would slow, barely, but slow the spread of the coronavirus. Make no mistake, those numbers were still going up. Uh, right. but, they, but they did that from a place of having absolutely nothing. And then the second they saw cases go down whatsoever, they decided to open the state 100% to own the libs. Now, um, I've, got, I've got dates here if you want them. Please. All right, so... The, the the interesting thing about at least I've got Austin numbers and text and the dates of when Texas started to reopen. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is just going to be directly related to Austin and not the, the state of Texas at large. But the curious thing is at the very beginning of the lockdown, Austin was doing really well. We had we were had under a hundred cases, uh, pretty much across the board from early March. Through all the way, actually, to um, to early June. And because we had low numbers, it and because our, our state's government is located in this city, Texas started to reopen. They actually uh, started to reopen on April 27th of 2020. That's when it started. Mm-hmm. It the, the reopening completed... In, on June 1st of 2020. And then two weeks after that, cases shut up in the city of Austin for the first time to over 400, over 500, over 600 new cases per day, spiking in a direct correlation to the Texas reopening. Yes, who could have seen that coming? So this was last year in April. Texas reopened and cases spiked. Yes. Now, keep in mind, uh, I don't know if we've named him specifically, uh, but the person choosing to make these decisions for the most part is our Governor Greg Abbott. Um, oh, yeah. For, for the most part, it's 100% him because Greg Abbott is actually not allowing any local government officials, any local leaders to do their own coronavirus plan. His plan is binding at the state level down. Uh, incredible. Uh, so Greg Abbott... He is a specter that has haunted this podcast more times than I would like to admit. 
And it becomes difficult for me not to imagine that he's doing things because he's an evil man. I don't like to imagine that anyone's evil. Uh, but I feel like the only reasonable alternative to him being evil is that he's a real dumb son of a bitch. Uh, very dumb. Uh, at Best case scenario, he's a real moron. Uh, so we ended up with a situation uh, back in uh, early 2020, early-ish 2020 into mid-2020, where we opened back up, and then we eventually had to say maybe we should have some mandates because uh, our state is being annihilated by the coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the mask mandate was announced June 29th, 2020, at which case we were seeing 500 new cases per day, two a couple, uh, not two weeks, four weeks after the reopening had completed. Now... We'll get to that later. Uh, now we've decided to do that again because right. so starting today, and that's so, starting today. Announced today on Texas Independence Day, twenty twenty one, March second, Greg Abbott, who tweeted out moments before something big is coming, announced that we were going to one hundred percent open the state starting next Wednesday, March tenth. And that the max ma- the mask mandate would be also repealed. Yes, I great time by the way. If we're going to give kudos to Abbott, a great time to do it after Houston. Uh, you know, I know that we live in Austin. We don't want to give Houston any credit where it's not due. You know, um, but you know, <laughs> got to give some kudos to Houston. Uh, they are the first in the world, the first place uh, to report every known variant of the coronavirus being present. Uh, <laughs> God, uh, so just a just a great time. Uh, you know, this is this is also coming after. Um, so dur- during the uh, the ice times during that period, no data was reported about the number of cases due to the fact that everyone was locked down. Yes. So there, there's a weak gap in the data set. Uh, the week that we do have, the preceding week, the case numbers are triple the amount that they were when we first completed our reopening phase last year. Mm-hmm. And now we're announcing with triple the amount of daily cases, we're going to do it again. We yeah. ha- we've never reached the level that we, we had back in um, March of last year, a year ago. We had really low numbers and it kind of made sense. Maybe we can start reopening. Who knows? At least in Austin, other places were worse, but now Triple that amount, we're saying it's safe again with Houston having every known variant. And and one could argue the vaccines are rolling out right now. So maybe it's okay to start reopening things. The reality of that situation is Texas is 49th. We're in 49th place for vaccines. Uh, We got a lot of vaccines. A lot of the actual vials had to go bad last week across the entire state due to power outages that we couldn't inoculate people because they couldn't drive. And those, those vials, they, they're only good for so long. They expired. Seven there, per- <laughs> there are some seven- places, there are some places that are giving up vaccines in Austin that have like been unable to meet a demand through scheduling, not even do the winter storm that have had like thousands of vials go bad. Right. Right. Like, 
we, we are doing very terrible in, on our vaccination rollout to the point where only uh, I think AOC quoted somebody today and I, I have her quote 30. It's, that's the wrong number. 93.2% of Texans aren't fully vaccinated. That sounds about right. A little under 7% are fully vaccinated, and that's it. Uh, no, I mean, that's that's herd immunity. Uh, you know, I, I'm no epidemiologist, but I think when seven people are immune, you're basically in the clear. This goes back to a point that I've trotted out on this podcast time and time again. Showing graphs to idiots should be illegal. Uh, because graphs are very easy to misinterpret. I think graphs as an institution should probably be made punishable by death. Because what Greg Abbott did, assuming, like I said, I don't want to live in a world where I say that he's an evil man who's choosing to kill people for fun or to own the libs, though that's entirely possible. Uh, if Assuming that the what I like to call uh, the nincompoop hypothesis, uh, that he's just a, a real dunce-dunce dummy, he looked at a graph that had a massive spike from the holiday season. And then that graph started to trail off because people, by dint of not traveling constantly or seeing their family members, there were fewer new cases. And also, a lot of people were dead and dead people can't spread the coronavirus very well. So when you see that going down and someone whispers in your ear, hey, we, we're vaccinating people, were you an idiot to look at that graph? You'd be like, the vaccines are working. Uh, but the, lo- yeah. the more I entertain that notion, the, the less likely it seems. So I, the thing is, I, I'm looking at a graph for these dates. Um, a Reddit user by the name of Rational Anarchy for the past year now has been posting just da- daily updates of new cases and plotting them on a logarithmic logarith a log graph <laughs> um, to show like exponential exponentiality and all that. And, and what I'm seeing from when we opened before uh, and like every time we spiked, it's kind of gone in the same sort of, it's followed the same pattern. Like we, we spike, people get worried about the spike and they start taking it seriously. The numbers go down and they go down for quite a while. And then we get lax and then things reopen again or the holidays roll around and we spike again. And then we go down like it's not, we're not doing any better or worse fighting this virus this is just a natural flow of people getting lax and then people getting strict again. Yeah, we, we haven't done anything meaningful to stop the spread of the virus. I mean, from the fact that half a million Americans are dead, obviously we're doing it poorly as a country. But as a state, we're doing just truly abysmally. And considering considering that it could be coming from a place of like just spite – I don't know. It's becoming increasingly difficult for me, like living in a pandemic and seeing the decisions people are making to not read like actual malefic intent onto people's decisions. And it makes it a lot harder to see them as people. And it, I don't know. I'm, I'm in a pretty dark place about decisions that are being made in my now home state. Well, let me try to lift you out just a little bit. Um, Because just, I mean, he announced this and the backlash, at least from what I've seen on Twitter, and I'm not digging into comment sections, so this is surface level stuff, is uh, 
it's stupid. <laughs> like, this is a dumb move. It shouldn't be happening. And uh, a lot of businesses and decision makers are, are, are jumping on board. Um, for an instance, uh, Mark Cuban, owner of the NBA's Dallas Mavericks, said he had no immediate plans to change the limits on fans at home games. Their biggest crowd so far this season was about 3,000 spectators. That's just one, but like there, there's a list of businesses that are, are um, they're not going to change their mask requirements. And so even though at the state level, at the federal level, I guess that's federal level, at the state level, he's announcing that we're going to go back to 100% capacity. A lot of business owners are saying, hell no, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I my concern is that we've now gotten to a place where it's individual responsibility to keep people from dying which is maybe a, a good thing because it can maybe activate in people's hearts like hey these people don't have my best interests at heart maybe we should do something about them right. wink wink we I can mean, vote, vote, them out. vote yes exactly that is exactly what I mean um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm sure I'm sure it is. Yes, voting is the most powerful thing you could do. Um, anyway, it's just, I don't know, I, I something that I've been doing for the past week and a half, longer than that, two and a half weeks, I think, is I've been desperately trying to get vaccinated. I don't know if you've been doing anything similar. I have not, for the most part, because I'm of um, my philosophy about this is uh, there are probably people who desperately need to be vaccinated. And as long as I can hole up at home and I'm not required to be out of my home, uh, then for that meantime, I am willing to wait until we get to the next classification of people where I might actually qualify. And I, I was in that boat for a while. Recently, I technically do have a couple of the things that put me in 1B. Um and I was thinking, you know, if there are vaccines around, who am I to say no? Just because, to be honest with you, I'm really tired of this and would like to feel safe. I would like to feel like if I go out and buy groceries, I'm not going to get sick and make Allison sick. It's very concerning to me. Like, I feel like mentally, for me, any amount of safety would be preferable. And... I, I'm someone who's in a risk category, and I consider myself like a fairly savvy person. I don't think I'm really intelligent, but like I can deal with a lot of nonsense and difficult websites, and I fill up forms all day anyway. So I was like, if I attack this vaccine thing, I'll be able to sail through no problem. And it's really fucking hard to get vaccinated. If you're someone who's like savvy... <laughs> at risk and desperately wants to be vaccinated. It's hard enough that it really makes me concerned for the people who are older, less technologically savvy in a risk category, but don't know where to go to get vaccinated for those people. It's impossible. Like I can't even imagine that they'd have any way to meaningfully access registration for being vaccinated. It's awful this this the way the state has handled it has been horrible well and absolutely like and it doesn't matter how savvy you are if you get successfully signed up you might get approved for a vaccine that isn't technically there like what happened through ut health um they accidentally let thousands schedule covid vaccines they must now cancel through a link 
that spread like wildfire throughout the area. And I've got a picture of what looks like a text document, but it's a screenshot. I don't know. Um, But it reads, over the weekend, we became aware of an active scheduling link that was inappropriately shared widely through unofficial networks with false information about vaccine availability and who was available to sign up for appointments at UT Health Austin this week. This resulted in thousands of individuals signing up for appointments who did not follow the UTHA registration process, did not meet the criteria, and did not receive a personalized email from the university asking them to schedule. All appointments scheduled in this manner are in the process of being canceled. However, some individuals have showed up on on site today, resulting in longer than normal lines. So, like, they're not even, like, they they don't even have good security in in the sign-up process. I mean, we, from my understanding, the ways you can get it are you can get it at HEB, you can get it through UT, you can get it at Walgreens, and that's kind of it. And I'm a member now because of this thing I've been trying to do of multiple Slack channels that are dedicated to scraping the HEB website to tell you when vaccines are available in certain areas. And some people are driving like two plus hours to get a vaccine dose. I'm not willing to do that. But there are a lot of people in these Slack channels who are older people, and they ask questions like, what do you mean by refresh the page? Like, these are, I'm sorry, but if you've gotten to a point with your wide vaccine rollout where older people who are in risk categories have to figure out what the fuck Slack is to get a vaccine, (laughs) you're doing it very wrong. This is the same thing that we talked about last week where due to, quote, technical difficulties, uh, the, the official office of Austin, the mayor, you know, the local representatives in government of the city only held press conferences through fucking Facebook. I just don't know what the barrier is. Like, it feels fully incompetent. It really does. It, it has given me no faith in my state that I can't, that, that all these people are desperately trying to get vaccinated and you just can't get it. I, this is kind of, yeah, I, we, we, in the group chat of our friends, you made a really good point. Uh, I don't remember it exactly, but uh, you said something like, I don't think it was this hard for polio, the polio vaccine to to get distributed. Yeah, like no one's out there saying like, oh, I had to get vaccinated for polio. I had to fill out five different paper forms and I had to keep walking up to the polio vaccination office and be like, hey, you got any spare shots? Right. Like, no, they went to schools and they vaccinated the kids. They put them all in lines and they vaccinated them. What I'm running into, which is really interesting, is uh, because my boss is 70 years old, he's in 1A and he got vaccinated very easily. And now he thinks it's very easy for anyone to get vaccinated. But I mean, he doesn't. Greg Abbott. He did the yeah, same thing. Greg Abbott got vaccinated. So he's like, let's open it up. Yeah. The, the thing is, what my boss and Greg Abbott don't realize is that, well, I don't know if I can speak for Greg Ag- Abbott, but my boss is in denial about his age a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he is 70 years old, to reiterate, but he got offended that he was included on a list of wellness calls during the ice storm event. <laughs> 
because he doesn't feel that he's that old. And he doesn't recognize that the only reason he got vaccinated is because he's in a certain category. He felt as though he got lucky by by just going when his wife had an appointment and he attended too. And uh, he thinks he just got lucky that he could get a vaccination. And when in reality, they were both fucking qualifying. Yeah, they uh, they do that kind of as a matter of course at a lot of vaccine sites. Is if you show up with someone who's in a super high risk group, they just vaccinate them anyway. Right. But they're both in the super high risk group because and I'll say again, he's goddamn 70 years old. Listen, I'm just saying they were given vaccines out to everybody. I just rolled up in my iron lung. I just asked a few <laughs> questions. And then they said, oh, my God, we really need to vaccinate you. You're going to die. And I was like, OK, if you insist, crazy doctor. I mean, the way he talks about it, you would think like we're going to he's like, everyone's going to get vaccinated and we're going to reopen. And he's thinking it's going to be in a couple of weeks. But now with the realization that, hey, only seven percent, six point eight percent of the state is vaccinated. Nothing is going to open soon. I'm sorry. But now Greg Abbott's coming in and saying everything can open next Wednesday. And it's just very confusing. And I want it all to stop. Yes, um, I believe Greg Abbott's issue might be that he doesn't believe other people exist, which is a, a unique personality trait, uh, to be sure. Now, it's it's worth noting with the fact that Greg Abbott is doing this now that this is actually kind of a well-known tactic when it comes to passing unpopular legislation, uh, particularly for people in the GOP. Uh, is when a natural disaster or something happens, something that will beat people down and preoccupy them from rage or demonstration or acting against you in any way, you'll typically pass your most unpopular legislation immediately following that event. Uh, And that is exactly what's happening in Texas. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a little bit about this uh, more on the speculation side that to distract from the failings of the the leadership for this, the, the ice storm, and uh, the fallout from that, he's announcing this now so that Texas is now in the news for a different thing. But the only problem is it's drawing the same amount of backlash. So it's like this isn't a good strategy for them. I mean, you gotta li- you gotta you gotta love living deep in the heart of Clap Clap Texas uh, because we. Assuming that that thesis is correct, we are just distracting everyone from the fact that uh, many people died needlessly due to uh, malfeasance within the government by, let me check my notes, causing people to die needlessly due to malfeasance in the government. Yeah, at this point, I have no faith in any level of Texas government and very little faith in the government for the nation, just because it does not seem like any of them can make a decision that is in the the best interests of their constituents. I mean, at this point, I wish we were back at the fun Ted Cruz going to Cancun thing. And we didn't even talk about CPAC. This shit sucks so bad. We can't even talk about CPAC. As far as I'm concerned, nothing that happened at CPAC is even really worth talking about. Just from the standpoint of like, they're evil. The people who attend that event are literally evil. And I don't want to give them any 
any sort of recognition on my platform. I mean, we haven't uh, talked about any other white nationalist conventions before, so why should we start now? Right. And uh, it, it, it just, it astounds me that I went my entire childhood through high school, well into college, being just just oblivious to a politics. And now it's like I have no choice but to become radicalized because everywhere I turn is just policy and decisions being made that is literally endanger- endangering the lives of the people around me. I mean, the kind of fascinating thing that's happening or has been happening in America is I first became aware I guess, uh, of politics because of the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, like because of the, the war on terror post nine 11, I knew about politics. I kind of understood it. Uh, but you know, I didn't understand things when I was like 11 and 12 years old. Like when a news anchor like ends a story by saying NBC news, the Pentagon, they're actually saying that the U S government actually helped write that story. Anyway, uh, because they're, attri- they're attributing it to them. But I also, I, I knew kind of what was happening, but I also didn't know that like 600,000 people uh, were being killed and millions of people through sanctions. Like it's just stuff you watch on a TV because things are happening far away. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like through, obviously we're still killing a ton of people overseas, but that like mirror has turned around and now we're just killing ourselves. So we have nothing but outrage. Like if people aren't being radicalized now, I have to wonder what the fuck it would take to radicalize people because this is like one of the few clear instances of people like some elements of an opposition party actively trying to kill you and your loved ones. Yeah, I, I mean, like the the very famous observation or whatever by historians, it's like uh, as long as people have bread and circuses, as long as they're fed and entertained, they're happy or they're content. But now we're getting to a point where, like, if the entire state of Texas had did, was denied access to food and entertainment through the power outage, and, and so I guess maybe that's why Abbott is like, okay, I'll open up the state. They can go wherever they want now. They'll get their bread and circuses so they won't be mad. While completely ignoring that the fact that this virus spreads by people being close together and not wearing masks. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, one thing that COVID has taught me, and I wish it taught me good lessons, but I, I see, I mean, obviously the businesses that I follow on social media are businesses that I have a personal interest in. And if they're businesses I have a personal interest in, their clientele would probably enjoy if they said like, fuck you, Greg Abbott, we're not reopening. So that's what I'm seeing from most of them. Uh, but COVID lockdowns and reopenings, unfortunately, as phasic as they've been, have taught me that people just kind of keep going out when you open back up. Like people don't learn. I hope this one is different because nothing has given me less hope in our survival as a species without like direct intervention than coronavirus. Cause we kind of just keep going to brunch and we kind of just keep 
going to movies and we keep opening businesses and we just keep not caring and we just keep not and we just keep killing people i mean yeah (laughs) and all the people who protested all those months ago about like oh you're stepping on my freedom i don't want to don't you can't keep me inside i want to go out i want to get my hair cut like don't cancel my golf season yeah my golf thing and all that all that is just like yeah, absolutely. If zombies existed, people would deny it and then be eaten by the zombies. Like, no zombie movie is accurate because they're they don't feature zombie deniers. I mean, I I feel like before this, everyone would watch horror movies and think the characters are stupid. But now, like, you couldn't write horror movies in which people act like people have acted through the coronavirus because you wouldn't believe it. Like right. if, if you tried to read that story, you'd be like, there's no way people would like form into factions that create bad faith arguments about <laughs> going outside so they can play golf. Yeah, no, it's like, well, you know, we're going to go to the pool. It's like, are you kidding me? Deborah just got killed by the slasher. And they'll be like, how do we even know there is a slasher? Deborah could have just killed herself. So I'm going to go to the pool and it's just like. We can't know the slasher killed Deborah. Deborah had a lot of pre-existing conditions. Maybe it contributed to it, but on a, listen, the slasher's not as bad as people say. They're saying he's they're saying he slices your throat so hard he cuts through your spinal cord. But everyone I know who's been attacked by the slasher, and it's all anecdotal, they just have like little cuts on their throats. The slasher's <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. not that bad. The sl- it's it's basically uh, people are saying people who who have been slashed are saying it's basically a bad paper cut. Yeah, why don't we call it the paper cutter, not the slasher? <laughs> yeah, so like until that movie is made, and when it gets made, like we'll all groan at it, but we'll all, it'll be more truthful than any sort of horror movie that's ever come out before it. Or, or maybe all horror movies have been absolutely accurate the whole time and that everyone acts like an idiot. They're just the, – the people in the horror movie is just a cross-section of like five idiots and then the one person who survives is the one empathetic person. Listen, we've got the solid steel panic room that we can stay in so the slasher won't attack us. But to be honest with you, when I'm in that solid steel panic room, I can't help but wonder, is me breathing in my own breath more harmful than the slasher? Right. Yeah, exactly. We're just going to be breathing our own breath after a couple of days, and I feel like that's more dangerous than getting my... my, my, my throat slashed by this alleged slasher, who we still don't know... It could just be a hoax. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist or anything, but, like, have you been slashed? I'm talking to you. You're alive. You haven't been slashed. Meanwhile, Deborah's corpse is in the other room. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, poor it, Deborah. It, uh, poor Deborah. It. I don't know. It's it's just ludicrous. I don't know how to how to pull out of this. Obviously, we're both in a in a pretty low pessimistic place about this. But who knows? Maybe Texas will be fine and great. And remember the Alamo and H E B Bucky's. So I will say H E B at least is not changing any of their policies. Um, so at least that's okay. I don't know about Bucky's. I didn't read about Bucky's, um, but. You know, as long as we're being mad at Texas, this whole Alamo business, have you actually looked into this shit? Okay, real real quick, back up to Bucky's. 
Have you been in a Bucky since the pandemic? Yeah, it's it's a fucking madhouse. Yeah, Don't fucking do it. Like if you're listening to this and you're in Texas and you haven't been to a Bucky's and you're craving some beaver nugs or whatever, if you're willing to risk <laughs> risk your respiratory system for the brisket, um, it's <laughs> it sucks in a Bucky's. It's too crowded. Everyone is too close. No one's wearing a mask over their nose. Some people are just not wearing masks. Everyone is wearing like a see-through white shirt and is 500 pounds overweight. That's unrelated to the coronavirus. But it's just (laughs) part of Bucky's. That's the thing that's happening. It's just part of Bucky's. Uh, Yeah, no, they should change all the signs for Bucky's. Risk it for the brisket should be risk your life for the brisket. Your thrown away should say your casket awaits. Oh, my God. Oh. And this Alamo shit. Have you do you know about this Alamo shit? The actual Alamo or the draft house? The actual Alamo. Everyone's like, remember the Alamo. Oh, what a tragedy. All of the people who died there were ordered to leave and they didn't. You know, I, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I feel strange uh criticizing the Alamo. They even. didn't leave. Uh, when was the Alamo? 1800s? Late 1700s? 1800s, I mean, it, right? It would have to be after the the Declaration of Independence and Independence Day, right? Sure, that would make sense. That was 1836. Uh, let's see. Let me just look up some quick Alamo facts. Oh, it's, so I typed in the Alamo. It turns out it's closed. The, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, looks like it actually happened. The Battle of the Alamo uh, happened between February 23rd and March 6th. So actually, this is we're right. In the Whoa. Of right. The Texas independence happened right in the middle of the Battle of the Alamo. And I do want to say, I, I'm sure there's actually a lot of interesting history I should probably read. Man, if we're trying to turn this podcast local. Uh, hey, Dave, Dave, <laughs> Davy Crockett died there. Attacking the Alamo doesn't seem like a productive way to do it. I'm going to do some reading about this Alamo business. Um, Davy Crockett died there, not in the battle. He actually died of the flu, like right before the battle. I will say, though, that... He was the king of the American frontier. Since it was in the early 1800s, yes, these people died at the Alamo. And uh, jury's still out about their, their sacrifice. I'd like to... I don't know. I feel they like they were I disobeying learn more. orders. Hey, it but wasn't based, it. It wasn't a strategic point of defense. It was just a mission. But based on what I know, if they were white men, if they were men in the early 1800s, they were probably pretty terrible people. Um, so that's the way that I'm choosing to discount their deaths. I'll do some reading about the Alamo. We'll we'll do a supplemental reading of the Battle of the Alamo. No, we shouldn't. Oh, that would be really interesting. The one actually well researched, historically relevant, and and like with some I don't know. I'm sure Hardcore History has done a, an episode on it. Yeah, but who has seven hours? Okay, I'm sure one of these non true crime podcasts have done something on it. I used to listen to hours of hardcore history while doing bicep curls. That sounds like a fun time. It was. Anyway, the Alamo. Was it good? Was it bad? Jury's still out. Let us know. I just... I can't point my finger at a single good decision that the leadership of Texas has made in the past four years that I've lived here. I mean, I guess it's a question of like where you derive the term leadership from. State leadership, absolutely not. I'm very ashamed 
of everything at the state level that's happened in Texas. Uh, there are quite a few people in our city, uh, council people and the like, who have done a lot of good. Uh, but any, Name one. Uh, Greg Kazar. Okay, you made up a name. No, Greg Kazar is absolutely real. You don't know Greg Kazar? Jimmy Flanagan? Jimmy Flanagan didn't get reelected. Yeah, but he he was a good guy. Uh, good guys get reelected. Okay, I now you're being needlessly combative. Uh, okay, name another one, huh? Huh? Uh, let me see. Julie Oliver. I don't know if she's elected. Communist. Or <laughs> you know, <laughs> if we if we start throwing that around, uh, n- name one more. Uh, you know, I don't want to play this game. Just just name another. It'll be great. <laughs> you have to understand the perspective that I have right now <laughs> is very abusive father adjacent because you're egging me oh. on knowing that I'm going to say something and I can hear you pouring liquor. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I should have I should have been more. I, I got to wave the first three pour because you were in the middle of a, of a long monologue, which is very, very well said. From looking at the uh, waveform, it is audible. I know. I'm going to do what I my best. John, I was going to say that whoever you said last didn't like baseball and therefore wasn't a good person. <laughs> okay. That was the joke. Okay. I understand. Okay. Sorry to give you abusive father <laughs> vibes. That's never what I'm going for. We here at the Zero Credits Podcast, we aim for a lot of things, but the last one is abusive father vibes. Yeah, I mean, if anything, neg- negligent father is, you know, what I'm familiar with. But up, um, chish, it's a joke. <laughs> Chill out, Dad. <laughs> Does your dad listen? No. Bad news, Dad. He, he wouldn't know how. But I also would never want him to hear me say that. Uh, is he vaccinated? Yeah, he, he's, he got his first round of shots. God damn it, every state other than Texas. Well, here's the thing. Uh, he, my mom has a heart stent, so she's 1B, and he took her to get the vaccination and claimed he had a condition that he might have. I don't know what it is. You might know. COPD? Yeah, chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder. I guess my dad has that. I don't know if that's true. I think he just claimed that because he tried to get on an asthma, and they wouldn't take asthma. Uh-huh. Which means I'm disqualified because that's my only that's my only claim. I thought asthma put you in one B. Maybe I'm wrong. Apparently not in Louisiana. Well, get on uh, get on bmicalculator.com. See if you're obese like me, and then straight to the bank. I mean, the last time I checked my BMI, I was obese, but that's when I was my fittest, so it was really confusing. I mean, I. I don't know. I weigh way less than I ever did, but I'm obese and I'm proud of it. (laughs) No one could take that away from me. My problem is I keep drinking. I feel like if I didn't drink, no, that's not true. I keep eating candy. That's okay. (laughs) I feel like if I stopped constantly drinking alcohol and eating candy, I'd really, I'd really be on my way. No kidding, though. Even then... Even then, sometimes Jamie comes home with a milkshake for me, and I'm very happy about it, and I would never want her to not bring me a milkshake. I mean, they're, they're – listen, a lot a lot of things in life are less important than a milkshake from somebody who cares about you, so don't worry about it. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it really it turned my whole Monday around. This was literally yesterday. I I stopped drinking as much. Just I don't know. COVID, I don't want to talk about weight. Time of losing weight. I tried. I tried. Yeah, I tried to do no back to back days with drinking. Yeah, for me, I feel like I don't know. As someone who like has been through every stage of of losing weight from like basically an eating disorder to something approaching normalcy. I, I don't think it's useful to talk about weight in a vacuum. Like if I gave you an anecdote right now where I was like, I lost X pounds by doing Y, like how's that useful to people? Like, is it making a value yeah. judgment about weight implicitly? Yes. Is it giving people advice that they might not realistically be able to follow and probably won't give them similar results at all? So really, it's it's pointless at best and harmful at worst. So why would I do it? Exactly. Diet culture, man. It's the only thing that's worse than Texas. It's hard. It's, yeah. It's, um, hmm. uh, speaking of Texas, Rooster Teeth announced uh, that none of their strict production guidelines are changing. Well, that's, that's good. That's another business. That's yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I had a list pulled up of a bunch of businesses earlier, but we got away from the topic. But uh, from what I remember, uh, Austin Beer Works is on there. They're not. They're not changing their policies either. Yeah, Austin Beer Works, Black Star, Meanwhile, Easy Tiger, Holdout. These are all rest restaurants and breweries. Every restaurant I followed in Austin has been like, no. We're- yeah, something called Epoch isn't changing. Isn't that a coffee place? I'm not entirely sure. Well, we'll figure it out. Wait, I, I got I got the thread back up. Uh, Wheatsville Co-op is not changing any of their stuff, which is really great for you guys. Hell yeah, Wheatsville. I wonder if Sprouts is changing. Uh, random shout out to Lola's Do- Donuts on Manor Road. They're not changing their policies. Hell yeah. What about Dia's Market? Uh, Better Half Bar is not changing on Wall Street. Oh, uh, that's good. D- Dia's Market. What about Zuzu Austin on Mopac? They're not changing. Uh, uh, never, never been to Zuzu Austin. Also, Cyclist and uh, Flat Track Coffee remaining the same. Lick Ice Creams is remaining the same. I've been to one of those before. Uh, I'm just looking through my Instagram stories now. Galaxy Cafe is not changing. Uh, they're they're pretty a pretty good breakfast spot. Uh, both Toy Joy and Yummy Joy are not changing. Oh, Bird's Barbershop is not changing, which is if you want a haircut right now and want to spend a lot of money, uh, go to Bird's. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I'd spend. You spend, they cut based on the length of your hair and I'm very biased because I have long hair according to them. Yeah, I, I have no hair. So mine is very cheap. Yeah. Uh, turns out, uh. Turns out Jamie can cut hair, so I've been well taken care of during these these months. There you go. Fourth tap, home of Party World Wrestling, is not changing. Hell yeah, go Party World Wrestling. One of my my favorite Austin things. Little Nana's Pizza. Yeah, it's funny whenever I look at Austin stuff. It's a lot of stuff I haven't heard of because my entire life I've lived in North Austin, which a lot of people don't even consider part of Austin. But hey. I mean, I I'm in Austin. I live in very northwest Austin. Uh, let's not give away our locations too much. The Brutorium has put up a post that says no mask, no beer. So it, it seems like a fair number of the places we go to are still taking this shit seriously. I mean, yeah, it's 
and it, like you said, it's kind of sad we've gotten to the point where individually we're, we have to be responsible for our own health and safety. But at least we live in a place where the people who own the businesses aren't going to use – they're not basing their decisions off what the federal level is saying. They're going to keep monitoring the situations themselves and making the good judgment calls, and that's great. But you know there are some bars out there that are just going to go completely back to normal business on Wednesday, and they're going to have to deal with with spreader events. That spreader event could be just a Tuesday night, you know, karaoke night or something like that, and they're going to face those consequences themselves. But it's sad that no one's looking out for them. Yeah, certain unbelievable bars are going to... uh... (laughs) Certain unbelievable bars with, uh, you know, I don't know anything about this, but maybe like questionable <laughs> ownership are going to. Oh my God, you caught me completely off guard. Are going to uh, immediately turn into super spreader events and maybe arrange some glasses on a table in the shape of a hate symbol. But I don't know which bars that could uh, be. For those of you who don't know, you're not local to Austin. John is speaking of <laughs> one. Yes, one bar. But do not name it by name. For I, I gotta, I gotta let the fans know, don't I? I'll tell them not to go there. I, I just understand certain places to be litigious. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I won't say it then. Yes, I'm. But I'm just there's saying, a certain bar in Austin, a certain uh, unbelievable bar, certain unbelievable bar in Austin, who during the cold snap, the the Austin freeze event was open and was serving drinks to people and getting people drunk and then letting them go home during ice times. Yeah, weirdly, it was not one of the bars that uh, that opened to give people food, shelter, charging, or water afterwards, I don't believe. Um, fascinating stuff. Uh, you know, Very fascinating. You sound like a robot right now. Uh, you know, just do your research. You'll figure it out. Um, didn't, weren't we, can you, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you. Okay. Cause you sound like a robot. It really sounds like you're losing connection. Yeah. I've lost you a couple times, but I've rolled with it. Okay. This is fascinating. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, you know, we're lucky we use Zencaster. Uh, shout out to Zencaster cause it'll record your audio locally. And even though we are losing connection, it'll sound great. We've never shouted out Zencaster. Yeah. Zencaster. Use Zencaster to record your podcast. Use Zencaster, no e. Guess which one I mean. Now, <laughs> the uh, weren't we within spitting distance of? And I know we're we got to get out of here, but weren't we at spitting distance of having like a federal mask mandate at some point, and then we got some stupid like hundred day Jason Derulo mask challenge or some shit. If you're talking to me, I cannot hear a word you're saying. Oh, boy. And he's dropped out of the call. Uh-oh. John is gone. John has disconnected from the call. This is fascinating. This has never happened before. I'm afraid a little bit because I'm still here. And he is gone. Uh, bear with me, folks. We're going to try to get John back. I hope he can come back for the end of the episode. Um, you lost connection is what I'm typing to him. 
Uh, he's gone. Yeah, he's, he's definitely gone. I can't. I'm just saying he's gone over and over again. That's not helpful. What's helpful for you guys? I'm going to keep talking. So Texas is in a bad way right now, and it doesn't seem like there's any recourse for us but to vote the people in power Hello? out. Now, unfortunately, that's not going to happen for a while. Uh, Greg Abbott is in an office until next year. Uh, governor served something like a six-term limit, six-year term limit. Um, and even then, historically, Texas has been very, very Republican, meaning that Greg Abbott might get reelected. I don't know if there's a term limit on his uh, his governorship. But, you know, I, I feel, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens during the election cycle where he's up for re-election. Um, we already know Ted Cruz is on his way out. He announced he's not going to rerun uh, for senator. But again, Texas has been historically very Republican, so it's very likely another Republican will take his place. It's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, more and more people are moving here every year. Um, it seems like John is, has no internet connection at all. So for the first time ever, I'm flying solo at the end of this episode. So I guess I'll just kind of wrap it up. Yeah. Anyway, I lost my turn of thought. Uh, John has no internet connection at all. Um, turns out, I don't know. He, he just lost internet connection in the middle of the episode. Um, So let's get John back on the line real quick. John? Where are the bodies? What bodies? Where are the bodies? Why are you saying, where are the bodies? Can you use a a different microphone? You sound way worse on this one for the podcast. This is my phone, John. You're on on a bat. You're on my phone. Oh, am I on speakerphone right now? You're on speakerphone right now. Okay, great. Did you, on your side of the audio, did you explain what happened? I did explain that you lost the internet connection. I went, I rambled on about how we want to, uh, we, we want to get Greg Abbott at an office, but I don't know how term limits work. And his, Texas has been historically Republican, so the odds are very slim. And then I went further on to say that Ted Cruz is going to be out after his term is up. Uh, but again, Texas has been very Republican, so it's very likely a new Republican will take his place. But we'll just have to see. And then I explained that I was going to get you back on speakerphone, and that's where we are. Okay, great. Uh, so I guess the, it is going to be interminable. Uh, it is interminable how long. Indeterminate. In, in, it is. It's unpleasant to do a podcast on a phone. So I feel like it might be smart to just wrap up the episode. You're probably not wrong. And I think we're at our great, great uh, new, new, new term limit for ourselves. Uh, we, we just hit, we're just a little bit over an hour. Uh, so I feel like it is yeah, time uh, to wrap up. I can't see when you speak. Oh God. Cause I can't see your waveform. I don't know when to shut up. Hello. Uh, all right, we're gonna wrap up the. What's the delay? <laughs> so we're gonna wrap up the episode. <laughs> God damn it! Go ahead. <laughs> um, John, our fans might want to. Okay, give what him- I was saying is, I think it's, it's time that we wrapped up the episode, and I'm gonna do so in the classic fashion 
uh, in the way and through the means of transmission that I always have. That's right, uh, speakerphone on a Google Pixel Three. Uh, if you want, I have a four A five G. Thank you very much. Okay, numbers. Okay, numbers. Burn. Uh, if you want to send us a tweet on your Google. 6A8G, whatever. Motorola Razor was when phones peaked and everything after that. It's a sad dream. Uh, I, <laughs> this might also, it might still be recording my audio. No, there's no way you can get it. I you can't can even see it. To, at, go ahead. Sorry, I can't, I, you're not, you're no longer in the call. So You can reach us at, at the ZCP, oh, go ahead. God fucking damn at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. That stands for John, get your internet fixed, please. That's right. And you can send us an email via the internet. Uh, apparently you use Spectrum uh, to email at zerocredits.net. It exists. We are on Spotify. Search for Zero Credits potentially podcast and Spotify. I don't know that there's a podcast section. I was trying to listen to this Greta Thunberg podcast that somebody recommended to me, but I don't know how Spotify works. I just use it to listen to my lo-fi beats while I code, man. And we're on Apple Podcasts. You can search for Zero Credits in the podcast section of the Apple Podcast. And uh, a great way, and I'm so thrown off, a great way for people to learn about the show is for you on the Apple podcast to rate it, review it and write a review and rate it. Well, uh, if you're going to rate it poorly, just keep it to yourself. We are suppressing, uh, the press. Uh, but the best way to, uh, let people know is a little bit, a little bit like this. Hey, Henry. Oh, hi, John. Do you hear me? I'm on a phone? Yes, you're on a phone, John. This is a fun way to talk to your friends during the coronavirus pandemic, isn't it? Yeah, I'm having a great time right yeah, now. Oh, go, go ahead. I'm having a great time right now. And you can do that, too. You can call your friends on their telephone. Isn't that an Erica Badu? No, it's an Erica Badu song that is making fun of Hotline Bling. You can do like Erica Badu says and call people on their cellular device and talk to them and tell them to listen to Zero Credit Podcast because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. Your mouth through a phone uh, is <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, talk, talk to people on a phone. And from everyone here at the used-to-be-two-mic setup but now is... A phone on speakerphone and a mic set up. Uh, Zero Credits Studios, we want to wish you a happy week and a strong connection. Yes, the strongest connection. I you got to be able to like do Spectrum or something. This is really ridiculous. Who do you guys have? We have Spectrum, and we've never had a problem. Uh, loser. Okay. All right. Next week, we're going to do the Justice League original theatrical cut supplemental reading, I think. Uh, we'll let you know if that changes. But for now, next week, prepare for some Zack snyder list Justice League. 
prepare your Aquaman. But for now, we just want to say thank you for listening and goodbye. Tell them goodnight, John. Uh, goodbye, goodnight. Yeah. Yeah. No one thought that through. No one. William. William Tell, inventor of the telephone. That's not his name. Alexander Graham Bell. You have to hold. (laughs) William Tell. That's not who did it. You have to hold this shit with your hand. Oh my god. Well, anyway. uh, Ahoy hoy. Ahoy hoy. And uh, uh, don't want to waste your minutes, so. Uh, thank you for calling yeah, I in. Got like three left. I'll go ahead. <laughs> thank you for calling in to in the podcast. Uh, we love having you here. Um, I'm treating you like a caller. I don't know why. I hope your audio can be received. I ended the podcast. Why am I still talking? It's over. Okay. Bye. Goodbye, John.